how can you not love this team? <laughs> as frustrating as they can be sometimes, what a comeback victory. A very unlikely comeback victory, but man, they needed it. They got it. They break the losing streak. Chicago White Sox are on deck. We'll get into it on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Jeff Ellis, the host of Lockdown Guardians. I just did a crossover for recording in the middle of this win, by the way, with uh, Sully from Lockdown MLB and Ulysses from Lockdown Rays. It is a long one, and it's uh, almost it's like over forty minutes. I'm gonna post it tomorrow because it's it's more. We do talk some about the score in the Guardians' comeback, and you can see me doing a little fist bump when uh, the Guardians take the lead, but it's kind of more of an open free flow chat, and I think it can go any day, and I wanted to talk about the win today, because what a win. Uh, I also want to say, uh, I am Jeff Ellis, host of Lockdown Guardians, if you didn't know, have been here since the beginning, before that draft and prospect analyst, writer, now podcaster. Uh, and I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I have had a lot of angry people uh, over the past 24 hours. For whatever reason, listen, I am not a, the biggest Tito supporter, and I get that, and people love him, but it's always weird to me how he is untouchable. And listen, I, he's not a bad manager. I just... You know, my general view on things is I, I have a very analytical bend, and I sometimes feel like numbers are ignored that could be very helpful for this team in general. Uh, you know, the I see across the board, it, it's kind of funny, like those very happy episodes from last week, you know, we're getting three, four, five hundred subscribers. Uh, now it's it's low 200s, which is still really good compared to most shows. Uh, but I do understand that we're definitely going to live and die with this team performing well. Uh, on the daily, I'm just going to start doing this because it, it's the big push uh, to, to a thousand. We are up to 527. People keep saying the other day, so I want to give a big thank you to everyone doing that. Should we start with my rant? Is this just going to become part of the show? Do people like the rant? Do they hate the rant? Let me know. Uh, I can always adapt and change depending on your view of the rant. My rant today is lineup construction. And this whole weirdness where we seem to be ignoring reverse platoon splits. Like, so tonight's lineup, if we just did this year's runs created plus against a left-handed pitcher, Quan 81, Rosario 148, Ramirez 108, Oscar Gonzalez 102, Naylor 67, Miller 69, Jimenez 129, Maley 73, Straw 66. Like, it's no coincidence that Miller didn't get a hit till a righty came in. He's got a runs created plus of a 92 against a righty. If he's going to platoon, he should be a platoon hitter only versus righties, not lefties. Part of the problem is this team has so many lefty bats, and this is where what really hurts this team with Fran Mill falling apart. They needed Fran Mill. That's part of the reason that Oscar Gonzalez is so incredibly valuable, is there's just a very much a lack of right-handed hitting. It's why... 
if I had been smarter, I would have really sat back and been like, Rosario is untradeable. <laughs> they need him to help balance this lineup. He is the best hitter against lefties they have. But, I mean, hitting Jimenez seventh is, that's my rant. He should never hit seventh. He should be hitting no worse than fifth in any lineup. No worse than fifth. I, I have a hard time thinking he should bat worse than fourth, if I'm being honest. And, and it was weird because, you know, I tweeted this out and I tweeted about, you know, the Owen Miller situation, and then people took a victory lap because Miller got a hit. He got a hit off a righty in the ninth. <laughs> it wasn't against a lefty. <laughs> My point is being made by this. Uh, Jimenez continues. It, it is funny that like he struggled enough that like in the ninth he recorded two of the three outs. Uh, he is now down to 11th in the league and runs created plus before the start of today's game. Jose Ramirez is 12th, so they're back-to-back, but still. Really pre- uh, impressive year for him in general. Let's get into the good, though. That's That's... It's about as, as big as my rant is going to get on today's show. So the Guardians. This I was a little concerned uh, when they kept rolling out Quantrell because after the fourth, where things got away from him, it just kept he kept getting nickel and dimed. And I know they didn't want to go to the pen right away, but this was not... He didn't have it today. It was very clear. And it was just six innings, five hits, four runs, all earned, two walks, two strikeouts, the home run... Uh, 99 got into some trouble, and here's the thing. You know, this is me. Just be, I was wrong when I was like, maybe he can do two innings. Because, uh, I mean, he got lucky. Can we talk about that? If we're going to complain about the umpires, we also have to say thank you, umpires. Because uh, Willie Castro, or was it Harold Castro? I think it was Willie Castro, had a, a reason to be pissed off. Uh, when he got rung up, uh, two of the called strikes were well above the zone that should have been bases loaded one out uh for uh for 99 Shaw comes in gets his gets his third of an inning but gets that appearance keeps moving up those appearance charts more every five appearances he makes until he gets to 60 he makes $150,000 for every five appearances so once he gets to like 50 55 and once he gets to 60 I believe the thing goes up to every five appearances is 250000 So, you know, <laughs> he went to Shaw there. Uh, uh, it, he was fine. I have no issue going to him in that situation. It was, you know, it was a tricky situation, but I, I'm not going to complain. Class A, you know, I, I said it on the crossover. He's the best reliever in baseball, full stop. Uh, you know, Edwin Diaz is great, and he's got the electric entrance, and he plays in New York, but Class A is the best reliever in baseball, and I don't even think that's a debate point. <laughs> he's just been utterly, utterly unhittable. And that's what kind of makes this team fun if you think about the postseason. Listen, either 99 figured it all out or he's figured out a better way to hide the sticky stuff or use a different sticky stuff. Whatever he's done, he looks like the 99 of two years ago. You put him in Class A, and then Trevor Steffen is a solid back-end guy. You're just seven, eight, nine. Your starter just has to go six. Go to the pen. This could be a deadly... No one's going to want to face a team with Class A on it in the postseason. Let's just be honest about that. <laughs> and remember, he's got like a like a Carlos Carrasco-esque contract. He's got a seven-year contract for Class A. And I think it maxes out at like 10 or $12 million. It's It's amazing. One of those, we all focused on Jose or Straw. And hey, Straw reached base twice in this one. We'll get into that. But yeah, Class A is... You know, he's one of the five best players on this team bar none and i know I, and i say that as someone who doesn't value relievers as much but when you are that good 
it, it brings incredible value and, and he is that darn good uh you know i i didn't think he'd be this good but it's kind of funny to go back to because uh, i've brought him multiple times to people who were really gripping over him at the start of the year <laughs> and there's none of that now now we all have to be very thankful for class a and that signing that was the first right it went class a then it went ramirez and then it went straw and you know two of those three are definitely looking like they're going to work out you know hopefully jose will get i'm kidding uh we're gonna take our first break we'll come back get in the nitty-gritty of this game and then preview the chicago white Sox, who are playing well and on deck for the cleveland guardians our first fantastic sponsor are the good people with pure research who have the liver health formula i i talk about this on the crossover show listen your liver is your body's filter it is what helps you keep clean as you get older your liver is also a problem area uh, you can build up fatty deposits and other negative things that can affect your litter, liver and make you genuinely you know, not feel good, make you feel sluggish and tired. Liver Health Formula is here to stop that. They are here to help your liver function better, to wake it up, give it some of those super nutrients, and get rid of the belly bloat, get rid of the tired. And right now, they're also going to give you a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order, which is a safe, all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to avoid those nasty, no-good junk foods. Go to liverhealth.com backslash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhealth.com backslash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and get your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Go to getliverhealth.com backslash MLB to get started today. Let's get into our specifics. Let's do some box score bingo. Do people like that? I've never had a negative complaint, so I just keep doing it. I've also never had a positive complaint. So, yeah. Uh, kind of curious. 11 hits by the Guardians. It felt like all 11 of those came in the ninth. But uh, yeah, 11 hits, four walks, and then a whole mess of hit batters in this one. Uh, you had the intentional walk by Naylor. So, and then you had Rosario got hit, Miller got hit, and Ramirez got hit. I would have bet the house and everything I own that if there were three hit batters, that one of them would have been Jimenez. Like, uh, that would have been like, okay, all of it. Here's my entire everything. But uh, it wasn't in this one. So that's four additional plus the four walks. That's eight. 19 opportunities. 19 opportunities on average should give you about six runs. Uh, Cleveland outperformed that to the degree of eight runs. Uh, in terms of extra base hits, Oscar Gonzalez, pair of doubles. 19 on the year now. That's as many as Stephen Kwan has. Uh, and Jose Ramirez is 37. So four total, ex- five extra base hits. I'm sorry, I forgot about Jimenez is in there, who's got 20. That's right. Jimenez has one more than Oscar Gonzalez, who didn't get called up till May and <laughs> missed almost a month with injury. Uh, he's not hitting home runs, but I'll tell you what, he is the double king right now. Uh, who reached base twice? Well, Quan did, and Rosario did, and Jose Ramirez did, and Oscar Gonzalez did, and Josh Naylor did, and Owen Miller did, and Andres Jimenez did, and Miles Straw did. So <laughs> everyone but Luke Maley. Melee had a walk uh, and was part of, I mean, that walk helped start the the turnaround. So you can't really get mad at him to any degree. Uh, who are your three stars in this one? I mean, there's there's actually a decent chunk of players to choose from. I think Oscar Gonzalez gets one of them uh, for having two extra base hits. Strong performance, two hits in this one. Uh, I'm also tempted to give it to Stephen Kwan, who came through with a, a big hit. And had two hits in this one. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to give it to Jimenez. I know in the ninth, or in the eighth, I should say, 
he didn't do a whole ton, but in uh, he had two hits in the game, one of them being an extra base hit. We had three players who had two hits. Uh, it's either that or okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take it away from Jimenez just because the ninth, uh, because Josh Naylor had two walks, an intentional walk, and a hit, so he actually reached base four times to lead the team. So it's close. I'm gonna give the advantage to. Uh, reaching base four times over reaching base twice, even though two hits is more valuable than one hit, uh, and one of them was an extra base hit. It's very close. Let's be honest. It's very close in this situation, but the win occurred. Cleveland, uh, see the Twins, I believe, had already won when this game went down, so uh, the Twins will be a game back. The White Sox are currently losing in the bottom of the ninth to Houston. I'll just pull this up so we can confirm it one way or another. And then Cleveland have... The White Sox on deck, for some reason, I thought for sure it was the Twins. But it, what's interesting is tomorrow's the off day. Then three against the White Sox, and Monday is an off day. So this is like the all-star break in, in August. This is a nice time for them to to rest up. We're going to get into the matchups. Uh, it's kind of a rough matchup for the Cleveland Guardians. We'll, we'll get into that, but we're going to dive into all of that fun discussion in segment three of Lockdown Guardians. We're not quite there yet, but we'll, we'll be there in a second. After the White Sox, you have the off day, two at San Diego, and then it's two Seattle. So it's it, it's tough. Cleveland has a harder schedule than either of their competitors uh, down the stretch here. It's going to be a question, can they hold on to this with the tougher schedule? I am unsure. Uh, I think they can, but it's not going to be easy. And you can't have any more split series against a team like the Tigers. You have to take care of business against bad teams. And while they did tonight, uh, dropping two, you, you just can't. Uh, in terms of Cleveland's schedule the rest of the way forward, that's what I was uh, trying to pull up here, and it's not. Uh, it's been very slow. After the Seattle series, you then have another off day on a Monday, and then it's the Mar or not the Mariners, I'm sorry. Seattle is the Mariners. Then it's the Orioles who are competing for a wild card. So again, this is this is rough, right? It's Padres, postseason team. Uh, Mariners, postseason team. Orioles, postseason team. Mariners again, postseason team. Kansas City, so you get that there. You get an off day Thursday. The Twins you're competing with. Then you get the Angels, so another little break. Then five games against the Twins, immediately followed by the White Sox. Immediately followed by the Rangers, who just have fired everyone, so that's at least a little bit of an abatement. Tampa for three, because, you know, those teams will be fighting each other, potentially for the wild card. Then you have a one game on the 30th against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the Royals series then is all the way through the 5th. It's it just kind of, because of reschedules, they, they're now scheduled to be the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th. That's a little bit weird, but... Yeah, through the fifth. You'll then end with the Royals for six games, and that's going to be their best chance to really try to push themselves forward. That's the thing, too. Like They might have... They've had so many game reschedules. And th what, three of those are reschedules towards the end here? Normally, you know, everyone's season ends at the same time, so that's going to be interesting. i got to see how that's going to work for everyone else. I know we haven't talked postseason schedule, but I'm not going to jinx this team. I'm not going to talk postseason schedules right now unless people really want it. So, again, let me know if you want that over on the comments on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. We're going to take a break. 
come back and preview the White Sox series. One of the bigger series is this team has frankly had in a while. Division rival fighting to try to overtake the first place Cleveland Guardians. And our next sponsor are the fantastic people over at Bet Online. Our second oldest sponsor is Bet Online, and they've got you covered. If I go there right now and I tell you, you can do casino games, racebook, poker, esports, contests, promos, sports side of things. Whatever it is you like, you're going to find it. Uh, if I'm just looking through, now the Guardians will play tomorrow, so there's no fun lines. Uh, but the White Sox do play tomorrow. They have a 1 o'clock game, Lucas Giolito versus. Luis Garcia and uh, Houston is favored in that one. And an eight and a half over under. I, with Giolito versus Garcia, man, I would think the under is the way to go. Uh, if that stands out to you, make sure to go over to Bet Online today, our official sponsor, sports book for the Lockdown Network. That is Bet Online. They've got you covered. News, sports, podcasts, everything you can hope. I use them. I, I use them for information, right? I, I, I use it as an informational site. Bet online. Go check it out for yourself today. Before we dive too deeply into the uh, White Sox series, let me figure out how I want to have this mic here. We should comment that Jake Jewell was lost to the Minnesota Twins. We keep helping the Twins uh, between the Leon deal and now Jake Jewell heading there. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is when you're looking at these teams. But, yeah, it's a Twins get a little bit better, get a little depth. A team that needs pitching gets... Uh, it's hard to say they necessarily get better, but I think it is fair to uh, say that they are a team that needs pitching, and you can understand why they'd claim Jake Jewell, because we talked about it. He's actually been pretty effective this year in AAA. Let's get into the preview. Starting out for the Cleveland Guardians, catcher. Austin Hedges has actually not been terrible in the second half. It might be a surprise, but I believe he's gotten 80 runs created plus in the second half. In terms of a catcher, that's actually not bad at all. Yasmani Grandel for the Chicago White Sox has not been the Osmani Grandal of years past uh, so far this year for them. You know, Reese McGuire has maybe even had more plate appearances. Grandal is at a 69 runs creative plus, and he's at a uh, positive defensive value. I, I'm hesitant, but I, I want to call it a push. It, I, what's going on? A push at catcher, but Grandal has really struggled. Really, really struggled. Uh, Hedges, if you're curious, as a comparison point, Austin Hedges is currently, in terms of runs, create a plus. Um, Why am I having such a hard time locating data? I might need to get my my eyes rechecked. Hedges is at a 52, but he is a better defender. So, yeah, it's it's a push. So, moving on to first base, uh, for the Chicago White Sox, Jose Abreu, free agent to be Jose Abreu, I believe, uh, is going to be their has been their primary first baseman. He played every game there this week. Over the course of this year, Jose Abreu has a 145 runs created plus. Cleveland's primary first baseman has been Owen Miller. Advantage White Sox. Let's just move it along. Second base, Andres Jimenez. Uh, the primary second baseman for the White Sox, I believe, is Josh Harrison. Uh, he's played every day this week. Advantage Guardians, moving on. Like those, you want to talk about two, two matchups that are very... Uh, very easy to pick and move. Uh, at the same time, Harrison, in fairness to him, is at a 101 runs created plus with a positive defensive value on fan graphs. I didn't expect him to be league average. That is a win for the White Sox that he is a league average performer so far this year. Shortstop. Uh, their primary shortstop, you know, there's been the issues with Tim Anderson. With um, you know, it, it feels like just 
things here and there. Uh, Sosa played three games at shortstop. Uh, Lee, Lee, uh, Lien, Lien Sosa. I am not as familiar with him, if I'm being honest. The performance isn't great. Uh, you know, uh, in 35 plate appearances, he's got a zero, runs created plus. Rosario's been great. I was wrong. I was wrong. He's been great. So that's advantage Cleveland. Uh, gives him a one-point advantage. Heading into third base where uh, you have Yohan Moncada and Jose Ramirez. Moncada has not been the guy he was in recent years. He is at a 65 runs created plus, solid defender. Even with Jose's struggles, he's been about league average. So that is advantage Cleveland. Two-point advantage. Let's move to the outfield. Let's start in center field. Luis Robert has been a below average defender, but at 126 runs created plus, easy advantage to the White Sox. Um, moving on, now I want to make sure I get the guys who are primarily playing left. For Cleveland, left is Stephen Kwan. For the White Sox, it is A.J. Pollock. Pollock has been bad. Uh, I actually liked that deal for them when it was made, but if I look, yeah, he's at an... You know, 90 runs created plus isn't necessarily bad, but for the cost of him, it is. And coming off of last year, where it almost felt like uh, service time or play time was wasn't necessarily manipulated to ensure that his option he qualified for, but uh, the Dodgers, it seemed like something he would want. This is advantage Cleveland. So Cleveland has a two-point advantage. We move over to right field. Chicago's right fielder, this, you know, what we're facing coming into this one, uh, you know, Andrew Vaughn is getting some in right field, and then so is Jimenez. I'm just seeing who Jimenez has, what, three games at DH. Vaughn has uh, two games at DH. So we're going to consider Vaughn their right fielder. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez has been good. Andrew Vaughn is turning into that hitter that I said he would be coming out of college. A 133 runs created plus, a 297, 345, 470. I said I liked him more than Spencer Torkelson. I might get this one right. We'll see. But he has been fantastic. He's a terrible defender. He's a first baseman playing right field. Uh, So there is that that brings him down a bit. But it's advantage White Sox. So you have a one-point advantage heading to DH. Jimenez versus Naylor. Um, Josh Naylor over the course of this year. Why is this being so weird? Uh, He's got a 126 for Josh Naylor in terms of production. Jimenez is at a 129, so he's been a slightly better hitter. It's also interesting that, like, Naylor's power, Jimenez has been more average. I think it's a wash, honestly, right now in terms of performance. That gives Cleveland a one-point advantage. This weekend, though, pitching staffs. McKenzie versus Lance Lynn. I want to say advantage Cleveland, but it's a very tight matchup. I need to actually see like how Lance Lynn has been since uh, his injury uh, over the course of this year. I mean, he's got a—he's only had 65 innings, but a 3.38 FIP. The the performance is pretty solid. I know the ERA is a 5.62 or a 4.27 FIP. The X FIP is high. The home run rate has been a bit of a killer. He's always been high on home run rate, but it's almost two right now. Yeah, it's advantage McKenzie. Um, you, know, you see Lance Lynn, and you tend to think uh, Cueto. You know, it was a, a nice a nice addition for them as a team. Just because you look at coming in this year, he's been worth 1.6, a 278 ERA, a 386 FIP. He doesn't miss bats. And it's interesting because his Guardians team is not one that strikes out a bunch. So I'm kind of curious to see this because is that advantageous for Equato? If you're someone who's not a strikeout pitcher, 
is that may be advantageous when you face Cleveland because they are the hardest team to strike out in baseball. Uh, that makes us fascinating. I still think Bieber has the advantage, but Cueto is a like a one-year scrap guy. Has been great for the White Sox, and then Dylan Cease has been otherworldly. Sunday's game, uh, I want no part of. You know, Savali was great versus the Tigers, his best start of the year. If you've not been paying attention, Dylan Cease is already worth 3.5 WAR, 2.09 ERA, 286 FIP. Uh, walks per nine are a little high. This might be Cleveland's advantage, right? Like 3.91, he's at almost a four. Strikeouts per nine are at 12. So maybe, but I mean, even his bad pip doesn't show bad luck. He has just been dominant with a capital D. He's been their best pitcher. So in this series, you're hoping to win Friday, Saturday. You can't drop those because the White Sox are now, if I pull up, here's the standings. You know, that they're they're making gaining that ground on on Cleveland right now. They're currently, I believe, one and a half back. No, two back. Two back in the division. Uh, you don't want to give anything away, so you need to win two of them. The white the Twins are just one game back. Now bullpen wise, that's that's kind of the final comparison point, right? So if I go and I pull up Chicago's bullpen for the most Cleveland, we've talked about it, it's actually a pretty solid bullpen, all things considered. Close a few of these tabs over here because I have too many things open at once. You know, Liam Hendricks has been awesome. He's a top five reliever. Kendall Graveman, solid. Joe Kelly, inconsistent. Uh, Jake Diekman has been useful for them. Ronaldo Lopez has actually pitched better of late. I've always liked Jimmy Lambert. It's a solid pen, but right now I think Cleveland's got an advantage in terms of the back end. Just because of the, the, how good those... Sorry, i got to move around in my chair. I've been sitting back-to-back podcast, talking a bit long. Uh, when you're looking at what Cleveland has, their 7-8-9 is as good as anyone's. So Cleveland should have an advantage heading into this series. As for the White Sox, you know, hand surgery, torn ligament for Tim Anderson. He's out. Uh, Lieri Garcia, who's played a lot of games for them, out. Danny Medlock, out. Jonathan Stiver, who had lat surgery in the bullpen? Uh, Bummer, Crick, and Crochet, Crochet, uh, all useful players for them and all down. So they're, you know, they're they're hurting a little bit. And Cleveland really isn't like Cleveland's Cleveland's injury list right now is Cody Morris and Anthony Ghost. I mean, Cleveland's been remarkably healthy this year. Like that's one of those things they really have been extremely healthy. He said right now with this team they should take two out of three the, the game sat you know now watch them uh somehow win sunday uh and lose the 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 saturday game which should be the one that they they're most favored in but yeah this is it is a fun team and there's no quit in them and then, like I said, here's the crazy bit it's the youngest team in baseball their high-end prospects haven't even hit yet you got all these young kids coming up they've got more depth than we know what to do with uh, very quickly, I don't really have time. MLB.com dropped their top 100 list. We're going to save that for next week. Quick notes. Naylor and B, uh, Bybee, big risers. So another place getting on the Bybee train. Uh, Arias, Tenya are dropping. Burns, those are the big three drops. Will Brennan, no love. He kind of stayed just about where he is. Uh, it's it's interesting to see. It, it is fun. The depth in the system is unbelievable. I need to see. I didn't actually. I'm going to pause here to see if Bybee made the top 100 prospects. It is an interesting switch. Remember how like Cleveland has nine top 100 prospects. 
the re-rack took him down to five. It, it dropped off guys like Nolan Jones, who just weren't getting opportunities, and some of those other ones. So no no Bybee. You get Espino, Valera, Williams, and Rocchio. Uh, so it's only, all of a sudden only five. They're no longer the team that has nine guys in the ranks. And then those are Cleveland's top five prospects. Nolan Jones is sixth. The latter seven, Bybee eight, nine Logan Allen, ten Tyler Freeman, eleven Arias, Angel Martinez, Xavier Curry, Justin Campbell, Cody Morris, Jake Fox, John Kenzie Noel, Jose Tenya, Tanner Burns, Petey Halpin. Then you got Will Brennan there at twenty-one. Uh, Will Benson at twenty-three. I, I'm not gonna read the whole list, but almost. The other interesting names: Jacob Zibin, recent high draft pick, highly paid draft pick, at thirty. Angel Genoa, who's in the rookie league who is a you know, shortstop who has played well. Parker Messick, also from this year's draft class, is in there. And then Jason Churio, whose brother Jackson is one of the biggest, most talked about prospects in all of baseball. The 17-year-old hasn't played much recently, uh, is slotting in at 24. Joey Cantillo, favorite of the show, 25. Lavastida, 26. Yeah, we, we did almost the entire list, I know. Uh, I, here's the one. So if I go through, who am I going to give the kiss of death to? Who am I going to be like, the one guy that I really don't... Like, most of these players, I'm like, okay. Angel Genoa wouldn't make mine, but that's just because of my own natural view that I don't put any player that I'm not super familiar with and who has not played uh, above high A in a ranking. And number two, um, Doug Nikhazy for a second-round pick to who's a lefty. who has got a funky delivery who is kind of getting passed by other players from that draft class left and right. Nikhazy and this team's incredibly poor luck with second round picks. Uh, I don't know. I, I might be tempted to switch him to a reliever and see if he moves quick. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown Guardians Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. Subscribe, please, please, please. I get the YouTube, and you know we have a nice discussion on the YouTube, but it is literally an extra 20 to 30 minutes of just work for nothing. So until we get to 1,000 subscribers... It's great. It's not for nothing because it has helped re um, revitalize me to a degree when I was kind of feeling down about the podcast when there were some like issues in the, the spring when the, the numbers weren't doing great and they're talking about replacing me. This part, having the interaction with all of you was, was huge. And the numbers are good. I'm going to tell you, like they said, um, the biggest YouTube growth in the past week, we made that list. Uh, so that's all of you. So big thank you to that. Um, but again... If you you got extra accounts, you can do anything. I really, really would appreciate helping us get over that 1,000 barrier. And again, if if you enjoy the channel a lot, and I enjoy interacting with all of you, I have been on the, the cutting block a few times. If you want me to stick here, it, it, if I can get this over 1,000, I'm, I'm pretty much safe. So just, you know, an additional thing. If you don't like me, then, <laughs> hey, there, there's also a light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, if you do like me, uh, this is the best way you can let your voice be heard. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis for the Lockdown Guardians podcast. Remember to hit me up on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. Uh, leave those ratings, download daily, and of course, subscribe on YouTube. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.